Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and editor-in-chief and owner of the Let's Talk TV TV blog. It's been kind of a crazy summer. I haven't updated my blog as often as I would like to have updated it. Um, I'm very, very far behind right now on my Blog Critics articles, my Comic-Con coverage. Um, Since... July 17th, when I left for, I think that's when I left for Comic-Con. It seems like such a long time ago. Um, I spent uh, five days, almost six days in San Diego, came home, went to blog her, which is the big international women's blogging convention. And I had the opportunity to rub elbows with 5,000 female bloggers from across the blogosphere. What an insane, wonderful three days that was. Um, to tell you how cool blog her was, um, the opening morning was Kathleen Sebelius was the speaker during breakfast, who's the director, the secretary, sorry, secretary of health and human services, Guy Kawasaki, the legendary Guy Kawasaki. Um, was the keynote at a different um, uh, lunch during the time. And the CEO of Facebook, Ms. Sandberg, was the um, speaker at yet another event. So it was an incredible, incredible time. I came home with so much swag that I haven't even unpacked it all. And the day after I came back from BlogHer, which was fortunately here in Chicago, so I didn't have to go very far, came back from BlogHer the very next day I left for Seattle. So, and I just got home last night, and boy, this last couple of weeks, last two and a half weeks, have been absolutely insane. So forgive me if I'm a little bit behind in um, posting articles about Comic-Con and anything else. Um, I've got a, a hopeful, and then, of course, I've, of the novel, which is hopefully now in its fourth draft, um, or final draft, it's in its fourth draft. Um, hopefully it's final draft before um, it goes to my agent for, um, for shopping, hopefully, um, to publishers. And uh, so it's, it's just been, and I got, uh, I had sent my novel out to um, a history editor to check, make sure the history, because I make lots of historical references um, in the novel to anything from um, Celtic mythology to, uh, to, to to Arthur Conan Doyle to the Great Plague of 1664 in London to, 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 so many, and molecular genetics which I know more about than my history editor might, but um, she said my history was, for the most part, flawless. So that's always a good thing to hear. So when I was in Seattle, before we get to talking about TV, and my usual gang um, uh, of, of blog critics, writers, Chrissy, 
uh, our heart, Chrissy, um, and uh, James Daly, Jerome Wetzel TV, have abandoned me tonight. Um, Chrissy, I just talked to her an hour or so ago, and she has no voice at all. Um, so I told her, you know what, come on into the chat room. And I saw her peek in just for a minute before um, and uh, peek out again. So I don't know if she's just under the weather. Hopefully she'll peek back in. Um, so if you're out there and listening and you want to call in, I know Meredith is in the queue, so I'm going to bring her on just a minute. And Zombies from the Sea from GateWorld.net is also in the queue, so I'll bring him on in a little while as well. Um, so I'm hoping that you guys call in and say hi because it's really lonely talking to myself. Um, so anyway, when I was in Seattle, I met both Chrissy and Meredith. One of the things about the blogosphere is that you can be friends with people and never met, meet them. And uh, the, the best example I have of that was when back in the day, back in the X-Files day, um, back in the day of the Usenet groups, um, and I made a friend on, and I can't remember if it was on the Fox forum for the X-Files or it was on um, alttv.xfiles analytical, ATXFA. Um, and I, I made a friend and uh, we got to talking. We found out we had a whole lot of things in common. We were both of sort of the same age. We had kids the same ages. Our husbands were both into computer uh, work. And um, she, we were, happened to be traveling to Massachusetts with our children, actually to New England. And she emailed me and she says, well, you must spend the weekend with us. And my husband, this was back in the late 90s, and said, well, are you sure you want to have our small children go to this person's house for the weekend that you've never met? You don't know that she's not like a slasher um, or a serial killer. Um, and I said, you watch too much TV, which was a joke because I'm the one who watches too much TV. Um, and we went and we spent the weekend with them and it was lovely. And her name is Maureen. I'm not going to give her last name. And if she should be listening, which we really kind of fell out of contact several years ago. Um, but she, it was great. So you often will meet people um, in the on the blogosphere that you find you things in common with. Well, of course, Chrissy, um, and I put this out to all my writers, and um, Chrissy was the only one. I had a very tight schedule in Seattle. Um, my daughter defended her Ph.D. dissertation, successfully, I might add, in inorganic chemistry, catalysis, um, and metals. Um, and I had a very tight schedule because I was there with my husband and my son, and my daughter and her husband and and her husband's parents and it was like this big family thing so i had actually very very little time and um so i uh said okay if you guys can meet me at like eight o'clock in the morning um that would be great i would love to meet you so chrissy and i met um one of the days and there's a great okay here's a shout out guys for those of you who are in Seattle, the best place for breakfast was right next to our hotel, Portage Bay Cafe um, on Roosevelt um, in North 
Ooh, is it Northwest Seattle or Northeast Seattle? I think it's Northeast Seattle. And it's right, literally right near the university. Um, and uh, met Chrissy for breakfast one day. And then um, the very next day I met Meredith. And it was really fun. Um, hi, Meredith, who's waiting in the queue. Um, Meredith, um, also, we also met. And um, so it was really fun uh, meeting people and just kind of saying hi and, and matching a face to a name and, and doing that. So that's why I'm really far behind on pretty much everything that I am doing in the writing world. So before we get started on Once Upon a Time, because I do want to obviously talk about that, and um, I will be playing a little bit later a clip from my interview with Jane Espenson, and, and it went on about a 10-minute interview I did with her, and then I did another 10-minute interview with her and Brad Bell. I realized as I was listening to the recording, and this is literally today, was the first chance I've had to listen to the or to watch the video. And I kept referring to Neverland when I meant Wonderland. And I think she know she knew what I was talking about. But I was so harassed and harried and tired and exhausted by Sunday morning and the interview had gotten pushed and pushed and pushed because they were running late that I really screwed up and called Neverland, uh, sorry, called Wonderland Neverland over and over in our interview. So that was kind of crazy. Um, so I probably won't upload the tape, the, the full video of that interview, just because I don't want to look like a complete idiot. See, I can tell you guys, because you listen to me every week um, on Blog Talk Radio, so you guys are all my kind of extended friends, um, friend circle, I guess. Um, and so I'm not going to be uh, uploading the video of that because I look like a complete idiot because, um, I've, of course, I knew that it was Wonderland and not Neverland, and I keep making that mistake. Um, speaking of Blog Talk Radio, by the way, I was de designated as one of the top 300 um, shows on Blog Talk Radio of over 15,000 shows. And Blog Talk Radio, if you go on my page, you'll see my new logo. And my new logo, they actually custom designed for me a brand new logo and uh, for, for Let's Talk TV Live. And um, I think that's really cool. So thank you, Blog Talk Radio. Um, a shout out to you as well. Um, and I might as well give a shout out to my sponsor, which is Wireless One Marketing, mobile apps for every possible use, if you are a not-for-profit, if you are a writer, if you are an author, if you are a blogger, you really should have your own app. And because Wireless One makes it possible for you to have an app for a very, very low price, um, you should get in touch with them now. And you can get uh, a hold of them by calling 847-637-2514. That's 847-637-2514. That's Wireless One Marketing. So that's um, – and, and I actually had the opportunity to share my app all over BlogHer, which was kind of fun. So before we get to talking about Once Upon a Time, um, I want to talk about a couple of other shows that I'm watching um, now that I'm back from uh, all my travels. I haven't literally until last night – I hadn't turned on a TV in almost two weeks, 
which is insane for me because that never, ever happens. Um, but I want to talk about uh, Ray Donovan. And if you're not watching Ray Donovan, you should be. It is getting very, very interesting. Um, starring Liav Schreiber and John Voigt, who I'm not crazy about John Voigt's politics, but um, on the other hand, he's really, really very sinister uh, in a very smarmily charming way, I suppose, as Liev Schreiber's father, uh, Mickey, um, Ray Donovan's father, Mickey Donovan. Um, it's he's He is a menace. He is a menace. We think Rumpelstiltskin is a menace. Mr. Gold is a menace. This guy's a real menace. Um, and it's great. And there's a new character that's going to be, uh, that was in the previews for next week, James Woods. I think it's James Woods. It looked an awful lot like him, so I don't know if it's James Woods or not, but it sure looked like him. And I think he's going to mean a lot of big trouble for um, Ray's father. And Elliot Gould, by the way, Elliot Gould is also in the show playing um, playing Ray Donovan's, uh, Liev Schreiber's boss, um, who is a big lawyer. And also, if you're House fans, um, uh, uh, Peter Jacobson is also in the series playing um, Elliot Gould's uh, partner, um, a law partner. So it is a really cool show, fabulous, fabulous cast. And if you're not watching it, you really should get caught up. I think they just aired episode number five, if I'm not mistaken. So you should watch that also. Um, I'm watching Sunday night is like the sh- is the is the night for me I think, um, and I don't know why it is that Sunday nights in particular, but um, of course during the the regular primetime season there's um, uh, Game of Thrones on right after Once Upon a Time is over is Game of Thrones so um, it gets a little uh, crowded on Sunday nights in the summer there's Newsroom followed by Ray Donovan. So that gets a little bit crunched as well. But Newsroom is uh, has also just aired its fourth episode. Now, I had seen all four episodes before the season started. And now, starting next week, um, we're going to – I'm these are all new for me. So I'm going to start writing about the show again um, now that I'm back. So I will please look for – my reviews of the newsroom starting next Sunday night. And I might actually start writing about Ray Donovan as well now that I'm back home and I have actually a little bit of time to write. And I will get caught up on my Comic-Con articles. I have articles coming. I owe you guys articles on um, Wonderland, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, on Revolution, on Defiance, uh, my great interview with Wayne Knight from Seinfeld and Jurassic Park fame. Um, my equally fantastic interview with um, uh, with William Shatner talking about a whole bunch of different things that he's involved with, um, as well as my interview with Jane Espenson and Brad Bell and my write-up of my interview with Jane Espenson. As I said at the top of the show, um, I'm not going to post the video of that because I was a complete idiot and um, com- continually confused Neverland and Wonderland. Bad on me. Um, so 
uh, I wanted to sort of update people. I don't, I don't know if you know. You may know already. Um, what the Once Upon a Time schedule is going to be for the fall. And it will be running uh, starting at the end of September through December 8th, I believe, is the last episode of Volume 1. So it will run for 11 weeks in the fall. And then it will go on a very long hiatus, kind of like Revolution did this year. Um, and it won't be back until March. So it'll run from the end of September to the beginning of December and then run again March, April, and May and uh, for another 11 weeks for its full slate of 22 episodes. So there'll be Volume 1 and Volume 2, um, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, you know, I don't know what you guys think about that, um, you know, this big gigantic hiatus in the middle. Um and, and also, by the way, Wonderland will be premiering October 10th, and it'll run on Thursday nights. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? If you're in the chat room or if you're hanging out, listening to the show live, call or kind of stop in on the chat room. What do you think? I'm going to bring Meredith into the conversation because I'm sure she has an opinion. Hello, Meredith. Hi. How are you doing? Good. It was so nice to meet you the other day. Yeah, I'm just sorry that we didn't get more time. I I I map quested the wrong address. Oops. And I spent too much time looking for the wrong place and then I went to the right one and got stuck on a bridge. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That will happen there. There are lots of in the part of um Seattle where I was staying, there are a lot of bridges and it is a bit confusing. It took us I think by the time we left, we figured out the lay of the land, but it took we were there a week. And it took us almost a week to figure out the lay of the land in that part of Seattle, which is a little um, crazy because of the 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 lake. It's like Lake Union, Union Lake, Lake Union, whatever it's called, um, which right Lake Union, which of course is famous because um, Bill Gates has a house on Lake Union, and uh, that's where Sleepless Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, sorry, You've Got Mail was filmed. Um, no, You've Got Mail was uh, in New York. It was in New York. Okay, Sleepless, right. Sleepless oh, you, you got it right. Sleepless in Seattle was uh, filmed um, it, right there. It, and, and, in fact, you can actually see the house um, where it was filmed. So, um, but, but that's in that part of Seattle. And to be between the lake and I-5, which is the, the highway that runs all the way down into Southern California, and um, the bridges and the rivers and the university, which sits right there, um, it gets the streets get a little crazy. Yeah, They does. definitely do. They definitely, they're all one way, and it's very confusing. But I'm really, really glad that we had a chance to meet at least and, and have coffee. I was kind of in a rush because we had a big family thing going on, and um, I, so I didn't have too much time. But at least we got to, you know, I got to put a face with a name, and we got to say hi, have coffee, and uh, have some really good breakfast. I had great steel-cut oats uh, that morning, and that was really tasty. So anyway, so what do you think about the um, idea that um, Once Upon a Time is going to be on for its 11 weeks, it's going to go on hiatus um, uh, December 8th, and then not come back till March? Well, um, I think 
since they aren't going to have a whole bunch of breaks in between all the episodes like they did last year, that it will be worth the payoff. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I kind of wish it had been like that, but if that's the price they need to pay for, you know, keeping it more consistent, you know, not three weeks here and two weeks here, then right. I'd say I'm on board with it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, this is kind of becoming a new trend in television um, to run these sort of half seasons. And I think it's a really smart move because one of the things that people complain about consistently about shows they love is where did my show go? It's off three weeks. It's on two weeks. It's off a week. It's then it's on, then it's off then it's on. And it's a, it's a huge, um, a huge deal. Yeah, and, and once upon a time, because they almost always have one story that leads into the next and then the next, you know, they aren't self-contained like, right. you know, a lot of other shows where you can tune in and out and you don't really miss anything. I think it's kind of important to keep up the narrative thread. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I was going to say, even though on its surface, House was a procedural and theoretically episodic so that it shouldn't matter it actually mattered a great deal um, because the series at its core was not episodic the series at its core was a character study with a very definite story arc for all of its characters but particularly for house and it really suffered especially in later seasons from the on again off again on again off again um and I think had the, that show, you know, had been on 24 episodes for uh, three years, I think, three years. Fourth year was the writer's strike, so there were only 16, and then it went to 22 episodes after that. Maybe the third year there was only 22. There were only 22. Now I can't remember. Um, I'm going to have to think. If anyone's out there that remembers season three of House was the 22 or 24 episodes. Anyway... When it was 24 episodes, it would still have these big gaps, and they would go on hiatus because American Idol would come on, and American Idol would be on on Tuesday night, which is when House aired, and it would really take the show out for like two months, like January. Um, Okay, so Katie is saying not crazy about the hiatuses, especially, and I missed what she said, uh, especially houses I'd rather have had a shortened season 13 episodes, and that's it, but a longer wait. Um, So I would agree with that. I mean, I really think that those breaks are really detrimental to series that have an arc. You know, if it's going to be an NCIS, okay, so what? You know, so you miss an episode, Um, you know, a perception, whatever. Um, it doesn't, there's no arc, no real arc. There is sort of, but not really. So um, I think that the arc, that, that the 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 um, the hiatuses really do hurt the series um, that have an ongoing story. So I'm actually, I'm quite happy that Once Upon a Time is going to do that. It, yes, that's going to be a hugely long break. December, January, for three months, it's going to be off the air. But when yeah, it comes I think it back, comes on middle of March, I believe. Yes, yes. It comes back in the middle of March, um, and it goes off December 8th. So it'll be off from mid-December through mid-March. And December, January, so that's three months. It'll be off the air. And um, 
but that's fine. I mean, I, you know, yes, I'm going to miss the show during that hiatus. Um, but you know what? Um, it'll make for a better uh, dramatic arc. I'm sure the actors are thrilled about that because if they have other projects that they want to do, they'll have, you know, a break in the in the winter and a break in the summer. Yeah, probably. And, you know, and, and, you know, Once Upon a Time has such an international cast. So many of their actors are from the U.K. that it's probably nice for them to all be able to go home um, for an extended holiday in the middle of filming. So that's kind of nice, too. Um, so Wonderland then premieres, um, October 10th and that's going to be on Thursdays. So you're, you know, it's interesting. It was an interesting decision, I think, of, uh, ABC not to have them back to back. Yeah. I'm, you think that's I, I have to up? admit though, I think they want maybe in some way to build a separate audience if, you know, people are fans of one, but not the other. Mhm. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. And I think, you know, with Wonderland really being um a very closed-end series, um, you know, it's not going to be, you know, it's going to have its run of episodes and it'll be over. It's a clo- it's like a cl- it's like a, an extended mini-series. Once it's over, it's over. They will be out of Wonderland and then maybe next year you know, the year after, it'll be Once Upon a Time in wherever. Once Upon a Time in Oz. Once that upon would a be time, cool. Once Upon a I, Time. I uh, did send you an email t- earlier. I heard that they may be tackling Oz towards the end of the third season in, in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, there's a lot of rumor and a lot of speculation and a lot of spoilers that come out. Um, they haven't written the whole season. They were only working on episode, probably working on episode five or six now. Yeah, I've uh, heard it's a three or four right now, but yeah. Well, um, they already had three up. They already had three scripts in hand, so at yeah. Comic Con, so they can't be working on episode three. They they could be filming. Yeah. But I'm I'm talking about the writing process. Oh um, yeah. I knew that they had three. They had three scripts in hand, when I spoke to the cast. Um back at Comic-Con. It seems so long ago. Um, but so that I, I like that concept. In, you know, you usually don't get that in, um, in primetime network TV where you have a truncated um, series where you have X number of episodes and it's over. It's closed. It's done. The story is done and on to something else. Um, so I think that's a really nice experiment. I think a 24 sort of pioneered that sort of idea a while back, and I think it's kind of an interesting concept. Now, I know that Wonderland was a TCA. I was not a TCA. I am not a member of the Television Critics Association yet. Um, I am going to probably be applying for membership, although I'm not 100% sure. I'm being encouraged to, so I will... Uh, possibly be doing that um so um so what are some of the things that you've been hearing meredith about what's going to happen on once this coming year well um, i know what i've heard (laughs) well i uh, have heard that uh we will see an episode where you know henry was just born and regina adopted him 
That uh, I'm definitely looking forward to. In fact, I think that would be a good one to close up the half season with, you know, since obviously something big will probably happen then. Yeah, I mean, that could be cool. That could be an interesting episode. You know, especially um, I know that for the first several episodes, um, it's really going to be focused on the boat and on Neverland. That's really where the focus is going to be. And... uh, so that might be kind of interesting, the origin story, maybe after they recover him. I mean, my thinking is maybe that's where, you know, when they finally recover him. Um, now, whether that's going to take 11 episodes to recover him or not, I'm not entirely sure. But that I might think be maybe there's of, going to be a little bit of steal back, keep away, you know, that they'll take him back and then Pierre Pan will take him back and... And, of course, you have to realize they don't have a way home again yet. They don't have another magic bean to take them. So even when they get him, they're probably, Peter Pan and his cohorts are probably going to be coming after him. Yeah. I mean, and and I also wonder what makes Henry such a prize. Well, I've heard that we will find that out uh, as well. Well, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I have a feeling it has to do with the title of the opening episode. It says, The Heart of the... Truest believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe. Uh, and who's the, I'm thinking and maybe who, in order for Neverland to be sustained, that you know you have to stay young at heart. And for some reason, Henry is special and different. I mean, the fact that he could put that whole curse thing together just on the book. I mean, right. on very slim evidence, there is right. something special about him. Right, and of course, you know, the heart of the truest believer. He's the truest believer. He believes. Yeah, I think so. You know, Without exception, it has to be referring to him. And, and and it's on multiple levels because he believed the story, right? The the whole storybook thing. But he also believed in Emma, even when yeah, Emma and and he oh. was courageous enough to take that sleeping curse, not knowing what would happen. Right. You know, not having an an absolute way out. You know, in the first season. So uh, that's right. an extreme act of faith. Definitely, definitely. Um, it is a, a huge act of faith. Um, so that might make, it, make an interesting episode for when he's recovered. So I'm going to play. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to. I pulled a clip out of my Jane Espenson interview from uh, Sunday morning. It was early Sunday morning. I was really, really tired, and and poor Jane and Brad were just like bedraggled. Um, and there's a lot of noise in the background because they were eating breakfast, and I was. <laughs> they were they they had ordered breakfast and they were eating breakfast while I'm um, interviewing them. So you hear a lot of plates clattering and stuff. But I'm going to play the the recording. It's about two minutes. So hang on, I'm going to boot it up. Listen in. You have to check. Right. Which is really the call, yeah. I think. Yeah, and and I wouldn't. I don't think the first scene of the next season is going to be them hopping off the ship. I think we want to. I, I think we're going to be on the ship and get to see them on the ship. I think for a little while. What kind? I got some interesting feedback from everybody yesterday. Everybody was talking about it. Right. Um. Got very strong characters, all wanting to do things the way they want to do them. Right. And they hit that. Well, I think they're all, well, people on that ship are there for different reasons, but Emma, Regina, so and Charming, 
are all very focused on getting Henry back. Uh, and I think that unites them. So I think there may be conflicts about how to get Henry back, but I don't think there's going to be any conflict about anything other than, I don't think anyone's goal is going to be anything other than getting Henry back. Right. Except that you can Yeah, both and Russell. Uh, they're both in a very, very interesting and complicated place. Yeah, I heard in, in Adam and Eddie's pieces yesterday that um, that Rumpel is going to try to do the right thing, but to get to that point, he's going to have to really get back in touch with his very dark side. He's on the side what would be called the suicide mission. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, Rumpel's going to, we're going to see, I mean, it's actually Mr. Bowles on that set, Correct. not right. Rumpel. Right. But I think those two characters, uh, because he's always known who he is, that the, the boundary between Gold and Rumpel has always been a little bit permeable, and I think you're going to see even more of that, a little more of uh, the, the dark one in, uh, in Mr. Gold. That's definitely a very, and very fun for, for Robert to play that. Yeah. Oh, I certainly hope Robert has fun. Bobby's, uh, Bobby's amazing. Okay, one more question about, uh, i got to get to, to uh, Neverland. Okay, so that was Jane talking about their time on the ship. And, yeah, uh, yeah. so she she's very cagey. She's always cagey, always cagey. She never gives anything away. Um, but that was her take. Now, Jane had said, and I think I mentioned this on the show a couple weeks ago, that what she told me was um, she's going to be working full-time on both shows, both Wonderland and Once Upon a Time. And she basically is going to go, she's going to finish one script for one show and then um, bounce to the other one right away. Go go to the writer's room for the other one, write another script in back and forth and back and forth. She's going to be quite busy with both shows. So that's really exciting to, to know that she's going to be working full tilt on both shows. It can only mean um, wonderful scripts. Oh, Definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're, so they're going to be spending all this time on the boat, on the ship, um, and they're going to be bumping heads. Um, so what, I think that, that hooks kind of the wild card in all of this, don't you? Oh, definitely. Uh, since he has no real interest in Henry, he's just there to kind of help out. But I I don't think that his truce with gold is going to last. I mean, I know he can't probably kill him in Neverland any more than he did Storybrooke, but I do not think that uh, he's done with his revenge plans. No, I don't think so either. I don't think uh, he's, he's, you know, I think Gold might be willing to let it go, but I don't think that Hook is. Yeah, so I, I, think- I think it kind of probably also depends on how familiar, you know, it isn't I mean, it's been hinted at that uh, Rumpel has been to Neverland, you know, since, you know, he knows who Peter Pan is and everything. Yes, he does. So he probably wants to keep Hook around because he was the one who was there for so long. But I think that once he's outlived his usefulness, that he won't have any need for Hook to be around anymore. Right, right. And, And he's not exactly a loved character. I mean, Hook, that is. Uh, yeah. Although the, the the viewers like him, I don't think there's any of the citizens of Storybook that are especially fond of him. Yeah, and uh, 
I got to say that, you know, all the rumors that uh, Hook and Emma might get together, you know that, you know, Rumpel was a big supporter of her being with Bay. I think yeah. that if he sees something between them that he is going to want to whack him with his cane. Huh. <laughs> I think that's probably true. Um, I, I Yes, yes. I, I don't think he would uh, countenance that too well to see Emma and uh, Hook together. Um, yeah, I plus I think since he does know about Hook's history with his uh, former wife that he'd find it very weird and almost incestuous. <laughs> um, possibly, uh, and also clearly, um, Hook doesn't think very much, you know, very much is wrong about stealing another person's, uh, significant other. Yeah. If, if uh, he knew that, that Bay slash Neil was alive out there, I think they'd be good enough to step aside. But as long as, uh, they're under the impression that he's dead, I think, that he's going to think, well, why not? Yeah, yeah. I think that even if Bale Fire was in, the, if Bay was in the picture, um, I don't think that Hook would have too many qualms about moving in on Emma. I really don't. Yeah, I'm and not I, sure. You know, it's you know, always easier to steal someone's girlfriend or wife if you don't even know the guy involved, you true, know. True. Now, I know we're going to find out something as well about the rather complicated relationship between Bay and uh and Hook as well. Um because I think that that will be a very interesting uh thing and and that was definitely teased by uh I think Mick, Michael Raymond James and Colin O'Donohue both mentioned that um in our interviews that um you know that relationship is really interesting and complex. And yeah, so and I have to wonder, that. you know, we never did see how they got back from Neverland. Do you think that maybe Hook rescued him, had second thoughts and rescued him, and that, you know, then he got him back somehow, you know, to that world? I don't know. I don't know that Hook would have anything but his own self-interest at heart. I really don't. I I think he is a completely self-interested character. And I don't think he would do anything particularly nice unless there was something in it for him. Yeah, well, maybe. But again, you know, the fact that he loved Mila may have given him some second thoughts. Who knows? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Um, but it'll be interesting to see them exploring Neverland. And, uh, you know, that's a whole new sort of world. And in that world, um, you know, we're going to also see, um, uh, we're going to see the way that each of the characters is, is going to be different. Um, magic isn't going to work the same way. There are definitely inklings that, um, that rumple and um you know rumple is going to be different in neverland than he was in storybrook or in the enchanted forest and whether that means his appearance or how he acts or his ability with magic we don't know even maybe his immortality um, yeah maybe he's mortal if uh yeah if he found mortal. that out on his own i wouldn't share it with hook or regina for that matter 
No, he totally, I mean, it could be he could get to Neverland and, you know, discover that there of all places, um, you know, he is, he is mortal. Um, Although, you know, Hook almost was successful in killing him once. Yeah, it could happen. Well, Uh, I I hope never, but who knows? You know, he was only, he was only saved because Cora died. So, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, and that I was doubt he brought thing. had the foresight to bring that candle with him. <laughs> no, yeah, that would be very handy against Hook. Although I know there are lots of people who like uh, Colin O'Donohue, which who I I as well do. Um, so I, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, I do exactly... too. But I have to admit, if I had to choose, I'd prefer Rumple. If you have to pick one over the other. Me too. I, you know, I mean, you guys all know how I feel about Rumple. Uh, being my favorite character, um, so um, so let's see where should we go from here. Um, let's let's bring in zombies into the conversation. See what he has to say this week. Hang on a second. Hello. Hey zombies, how are you? I'm fine. I just reviewed one to, to the first two episodes of Once Upon a Time. Yeah, what do you think? And I think that it's very good. It's all like the fantasy version of Desperate Housewives. You know the scene where the Emma touched down a tree with a chainsaw? Yeah. It's, it's exactly like that. You know, the conflict between Emma, Henry, the Dark Train. It seems like something never come out of Desperate Housewives. Um, I don't think it is as you keep watching it. Um, I think that that changes. That dynamic. Uh, so what should I be looking for this season? Um, you know, you should in season one. Um, I think you should be looking at the arcs, uh, the story arc of uh, Rumpel and um, uh, Mr. Gold. I think that is, and and Emma's uh, arc as well. I think those are probably in season one, the two most interesting story arcs. Absolutely. Um, but Mr. Gold. Says that he owns uh, Storybook. It definitely attracted my interest because there's a lot of secrecy and sinisterism inside the tether that should be exploited. Oh yeah, yeah. But they have to they have to be careful with him. So with that character, which they were definitely in season one, you don't want to make him so unlikable. It's like Rush in in SGU. You don't want to make him so unlikable that he loses sympathy with the audience Um, because he's certainly the most popular character on the show. I think, I think he is um, from every poll that I've read. Um, So you don't want to push someone who is such a favorite, so dark and so evil um, that he's, so, you know, you got to do something that redeems him every once in a while. But I think his story arc, you learn, we learn in season one uh, how he got um, the way he is. And we learn that actually uh, fairly quickly in Desperate Souls. So if you want to, you know, if, you, if you don't want to, the eighth episode. And so um, if you don't want to go all the way through all the episodes, um, you might want to watch Price of Gold and Desperate Souls and Skin Deep 
and there are others in between. Uh, 715 is quite good, and um, the Still Small Voice is quite good. I mean, there's a bunch of uh, – season one is a pretty strong season. There are some that are sort of – they take a while, and they don't really have enough tension in them to make them really exciting episodes. Um, but I would say that, okay, so so Meredith, what do we suggest for zombies? To skip the next, you, you've seen the first two episodes, you said? I've seen the first two episodes. So I would skip three. <laughs> Should he skip three, Meredith? I don't know. I think it kind of sets things up, but he is necessary. It is I know. Necessary. I'm planning on reviewing this entire series within two months before the season premiere, so oh, I'm definitely okay. going to be watching all of the episodes. Okay, so then watch. Yeah, I'd, I'd go ahead and watch them in order, you know, yeah, if uh, you can do that. Yeah, yeah they're all I good would. in their own ways. Um, the one that I really didn't like in season uh, in season uh, one was uh, whatever happened to Frederick and Dreamy, which, of course, coincidentally follow each other. But uh, uh, right. other than that, I like all of them. I especially love Heart of Darkness. I love that one. Heart of Darkness is a really good episode. Yeah, the only problem is it takes place with a whole, well, frame job. And so you kind of have to watch all of them, you know, to see the buildup of what's happening in Storybrooke. That's true. That's a good So, yeah, it's it's not really self-contained, you know. So you sort of have to watch all 22. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Go for it. Um, It does start out. For these episodes. You know, I think that um, I know that when I first when I watched the pilot, the thing that really jumped out at me um, and made me go, "Huh!" Now, I didn't I didn't actually like Jennifer Morrison for the first half of season one. I thought she was still she was trying to really find her way in that role, which is interesting because Emma, the character Emma, is also trying to find her way. Um, But what really leaped out at me in the first episode and the second episode, but mostly in the first episode, um, was that one very short scene with Rumpel and uh, Snow White. And um, and also in season two with, between uh, Rumpel and, and Regina um, and the Queen. Um, but I really, it really popped out at me as like, huh, this is a really interesting character. So that's how I got to be like a Rumpel fan because I was like, wow, this is kind of very short scene, but it was it just grabbed me and just didn't let go. Um, and that's one of the benefits of Albertalo. He's able to do these sifty, uncertain characters and yet still find a sensibility in heart in order to talk about a sort of a third part of a character, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that is that the art of that of his of his work is being able to find that humanity, um, no matter how manic and crazy the character is. Um, so that that kind of grabbed me in the first couple of episodes. Um, and that's why I'm thinking that season one, Rumpel's arc is really quite interesting. Regina's arc is also interesting. Um, where she yeah, there isn't up, as much of it in the first season. I think no, they wanted to... most of hers was in the second. Um, she was pretty much one, you know, a wonderful actress, uh, Lana Perea, wonderful, wonderful actress. Um, and she really sparkles, um, 
with evilness. And her foray in the second season into trying to find her good side um, did uh, she? Lana said at Comic Con um, that she was really glad that experiment was over. <laughs> so that sort of is a little bit of a of a, of a tease slash spoiler um, for next season because the good girl, evil queen, appears to be no longer. So I don't know how that's going to play out in her search for Henry. So that could be pretty interesting as it plays out. I'll be sure to review all of the episodes before I get to the season premiere. I would really like to talk about Review Dice. I'm sorry? And I would really like to talk about the season premiere of Review Dice and try to get this stuff done early, possibly before September 29th. Yeah, well, you know, you've got two seasons to watch, so... I know. I reviewed all five seasons of Stardate Atlantis within weeks. I certainly do the same okay. for Once Upon a Time. The only problem cool. is being myself to type the reviews and watch the episode. That's the hard part. Yep. Yeah, I and tend to I tend to review epi- I tend to review shows that I like. So, which is why I never did reviews of Stargate or Stargate SG One or S- Stargate Atlantis because I didn't really care for them that much. So I would be ragging on them all the time, and, and I, I don't understand. Like... <laughs> you can understand that um, because it's just not my type of sci-fi show. And uh, you know, for other people, great, they would love it. There's not a lot of depth there, though. Um, Stark Universe, on the other hand, which I never finished, and someday I will finish um, reviewing the two seasons of Stargate Universe because there's a huge amount of subtext and depth. I think that of the three series, SGU just, and I know you disagree with me, Zombies, because you weren't, you were not a fan of SGU. I know that. But um, I'm becoming a fan of Once Upon a Time. <laughs> good. Well, that's good. That's good. You know, it's like there are definitely parallels there between Rumpel and Rush. In addition to the R-U at the beginning of the name. Um, but there are definitely parallels between the two characters, I think. Um, so, anyway, so what else are you watching these days, Zombies? I'm watching The Neighbors. I'm looking forward to Agents of Fury. You looking forward to The Shield? Yeah, Agents of Shield. <laughs> yeah, Agents of Shield, Joss Whedon's show. You looking it's forward it. to that? That looks like it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I like the Avengers movie. I've written an entire review of it, and I described the characterization, the action, the popcorn fun of it. I was, I, when I saw the Avengers movie, I wasn't, I have to admit, because I'm not, I'm not a really big Marvel comics person, I think. And I think that's the problem, is, um, I thought the character, I mean, I'm not a big Captain America fan um, or, you know, the, the Marvel comics that I love were the X-Men. And other than the X-Men, I'm not a big fan of Marvel. Now, that being said, I loved Hulk and I loved Iron Man in um, Avengers. So I sort of really got into those and thought that that their storyline should have been better, bigger, right. better. So so that kind of 
you know, I'm not, but I'm not a big Captain America fan. So I know, um, I know. I did not like of, Captain America. Yeah, I didn't like the benefit movie of Captain the movie. America. I'm sorry, and that's the benefit of the Avengers. You don't have to be a Marvel fan to enjoy it. They pat so much action. They pat so many interesting character interactions. That's fun, you know. Josh Whedon really is a master of writing oh, these yeah. characters. You know, Dollhouse, the story of self-discovery. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing that show. Um, so what else, Meredith? What are you What are you watching besides Once Upon a Time these days? Uh, well, um, I I don't know. I'm sorry. That's okay. Didn't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, My mind has just gone blank. That's all. That's okay. Not a problem. Not a problem. There are a bunch of new shows that are going to be premiering in the fall that I'm really looking forward to, and I haven't had time to watch any of the pilots yet, and I'm going to be doing that. Uh, Yeah, I'm catching up on Lost. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, since I was very interested, you know, since I, I heard that, you know, both careers were behind it. Yes. And they have yeah. kind of the same format with all the flashbacks, you know? Yep, yeah. It's a very jostled um, timeline, um, very complex story, but it got it's, it, 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 it went astray somewhere in yeah, the middle. Yeah, I believe of, it, it did. It, and it took them a while to get back to it. So um, I'm not necessarily going to – if I were, if I had time to watch another series – I'd probably go back and I've never watched West Wing and I would probably go back and watch West Wing from the beginning. Oh, I watched those. They were great. I love that I've one. not. I'm watching the newsroom and I really like it a lot. And I'm a big fan of Martin Sheen. So um I I really don't know why I never watched West Wing when it was on. It's like definitely my kind of show. Um I wanna watch Black Sails. I think that looks really good. We started watching the Vikings. Um, on History Channel, I've watched the first two episodes, um, and I'm really, really liking it. So I think that's on our agenda to continue watching that one. Um, that I like are already canceled, already over. Oh, yeah, you know, like Judging Amy. I always loved that one. Yeah, that was a good show. It's like SGU <gasps> doesn't exist anymore. Um, yeah, it happens. It's funny because. Um, I, oh, I know what I wanted to talk about, um, talk about random things. So there's a new doctor in the, in, in the, in Doctor Who. There is a new doctor named Peter Capaldi is going to be the new doctor. And I was really hoping to have, uh, Jerome Wetzel on tonight. And I don't know where he is because he said he was going to come on. Um, because he's our, uh, blog critics resident Doctor Who writer and um i wanted very much to find out what he thought about the casting of peter capaldi who is an older actor not old he's not old he's older than the doctors in recent memory have been um and there's a bit of a of a sniff uh, i've been hearing because peter capaldi i don't know if either of you guys watched torchwood when it was on Nah. Um, it, it's a great series. Um, and in fact, Meredith, for you, Jane Espenson wrote m- several of the fourth season of Torchwood episodes that aired last summer. Last summer? Last summer, a year ago. Um, 
but Peter Capaldi was in uh the third season of um of Torchwood playing a bureaucrat and because Captain Jack who's the main character of Torchwood was a companion of the doctor then um it's it's a little bit of mixing of series so it it gets a little weird and there's there are a couple of people who I notice have kind of posted stuff about huh that's really weird casting to cast someone who was you know identifiably a main character in Torchwood season 3 as the doctor so uh, of course there's you know, always I've watched the op- a couple of episodes with Matt Smith as the doctor mm-hmm. I think he was pretty fu- good you know he brought a sense of fun to the whole proceedings you know you weren't, feel, you weren't feeling serious when you were watching these episodes. You were feeling fun for watching the Dyes of State, for watching Matt Smith try to start in throats. I don't know if the more serious Dye will be able to replicate that feeling, you know, because Doctor Who has always exclusively been a fun adventure show. Yeah. Well, Peter Capaldi is quite an excellent actor. Um, he He actually is very funny. And it comes to mind, uh, I saw him in a British TV series that also starred, um, oh, ha, huh, Katie says, Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi is best known for a show called In the Loop where he swears a lot. Wonderful, get a potty mouth doctor. So that's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, I'm also thinking that he w- he co-starred with Hugh Laurie in a show um a British show, I think on the BBC, called 40-something. And he plays a really smarmy doctor, a real jerk, um, a sort of skirt-chasing guy. But, but he is so funny. He's really, really funny in it. And it's oh, kind well, of a light... Oh, I'll have to watch the new episode of Doctor Who then. Yeah, so Capaldi is also very well known in Britain as a director and as a writer. So um, he's kind of an all-around guy, uh, all-around uh, entertainer. Of course, in the UK, a lot of those guys write and they direct and they act and they do all those things because um, that's kind of the training. But um, Capaldi is definitely known as a writer and director in the UK. Um, slips my mind what he's directed that I've seen, but I know I've seen something he's directed. Um, it may, in fact, have been an episode of 40-something. I know Hugh Laurie directed an episode of that. Um, but anyway, so I am actually I, – I know I scheduled an hour and a half for this episode, but I think I am going to call it a little bit early and unless there's something more to say, and then next week we will start on season two of Once oh, Upon a Time. I have a word to say. Yes. Make sure you check out my Once Upon a Time reviews on is.gd slash Z-R-O-U-A-T. They provide an okay. interesting read on the series. Will... On... Okay. We will check that out for sure. And everybody, please check out my brand new logo. I'm so excited. I don't know if I mentioned this. Did I mention this at the beginning of the show? That, yeah, you did. Um, 
I did. That Blog Talk Radio designed this really cool logo for me, and uh, which is really neat. I got this email saying, "Congratulations, we have created this logo," and they haven't they haven't done it for everybody. They just for the top three hundred posts. So thank you everybody for making me a popular show on Blog You're Talk welcome. Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you to to my guests who come by every week, um, and to all of my listeners. I know I get thousands of listeners every week, which is really gratifying. We've been on the air since November, and we've had as many as 87,000 people listen to one single radio show, and uh, it's not unusual for us to get more than 20,000. But shows like this, where we're just kind of chit-chatting, we get 1,000, 1,500 listens in the first week or so, which is lovely, and I am incredibly thankful for all of you who have made the show very, very popular, and uh, I look forward next week to um, talking about episode one of season two about Broken, so please stop on by next week, and thank you guys, thank you Meredith, thank you Zombies from the Sea You're very, very welcome. Um, for tuning in, and I will see you guys all next week. Take all care, right, bye. bye now. Bye. All right, bye. 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 <laughs>